You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. I preached uh, on I Love My Church Sunday. I preached on that morning. I preached about the way church ought to be, if you remember that. And we talked about all the different things that we see in Acts 4, how there was a praising God and they were in one place. And they prayed, there was the power of God, there was the preaching. Uh, we talked about they had peace, they, they all got along, there was unity. What a wonderful thing that is. And then we talked about the participation. As I was preaching on that, on that Sunday morning, God really spoke to my heart about this man, Barnabas. We read about him in verse number 36 and 37. Um, I actually, I shared a little bit of this thought uh, Sunday night. My mom and I were in Nebraska for uh, my brother Jared's ordination service. We had such a wonderful time, and thank you for all of the, uh, the, the comments and people, the encouragement. Thank you for your prayers for our trip. We had a good time. It was a wonderful weekend. But I, I felt like God was just bringing back this passage to my mind, and I began to do a study. I was actually, it was Sunday afternoon. wasn't planning on preaching it uh, tonight. But Sunday afternoon, I just began to look at this man, Barnabas. Now, when you think about the early church, if you're like me, I automatically, I think about the Apostle Paul. Because he was the one that was starting churches, right? He was the missionary. He was the one that was preaching. He was the one that was writing the letters to the churches. And he was the one writing letters to Timothy and Titus. And usually we think about the Apostle Paul. Many times we think about Peter. And Peter was so instrumental. He was the one that preached at Pentecost and 3,000 people were saved that same day and were baptized and added to the church in one day. You talk about a big day. You talk about, you talk about church growth. There it is right there. One day, 3,000 saved, baptized, added to the church. You say, well, why don't we do that? Well, for one, we don't have room for 3,000. Uh, but for another reason, I'll tell you this, is because I'm afraid we don't pray and we don't believe God, and we don't have the boldness that those apostles had. I'm not saying we don't pray. I know we pray. I'm not saying we don't preach. We preach. But can I tell you, these guys, this, this, their life, they had forsaken everything, and their whole life was all about Jesus. I think they believed that Jesus was the best thing that ever happened to them. And aren't you glad you got saved? Aren't you glad that Jesus changed your life? And we see the early church. But there's this man, Barnabas, that he just keeps coming up. But the thing about Barnabas is we don't know that he ever pastored a single church. As a matter of fact, I don't believe he did. We know he did not write a single book of the Bible. Uh, we know that he was not the one that preached at Pentecost. He was not the one that uh, was the, the missionary that was leading the charge. But there he was. Everywhere you turn around, he's behind the scenes. Can I tell you, we live in a society where I think we put way too much emphasis on the person at the top, and we forget the fact that a church does not operate just because of a pastor. A pastor can stand in a pulpit, but if there's nobody in the pews, and there's nobody that's serving, and there's nobody that's praying, and there's nobody that's giving, and there's nobody that's being faithful, that church is not going to make it very long. 
Can I tell you many times we, uh, we say, well, we're so glad for the pastor. Well, uh, I'm glad and I appreciate that. But can I tell you, I wouldn't be here today if it were not for my wife who behind the scenes was encouraging and helping and writing the sermons for No, 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 no. I just want to make sure you're listening. But can I tell you, we need some people that will be like Barnabas. Now, here's the assignment I'm going to give you at the end. I'm going to ask you to make a list. So don't wait until the end to start thinking about it. But I want you tonight, I want you to make a list. It doesn't have to be a long list. It might be two or three names, maybe five or ten. But I want you tonight to identify some people who in your life, maybe now, maybe in the past few years, maybe it was way back. But I want you to identify some people who were the Barnabases in your life. Not, not the pastor, uh, not the youth pastor, although I hope they encouraged and hope they helped. Maybe not even the Sunday school teacher, although that could be a Barnabas for sure, no doubt. But just some people who were there to encourage you, some people that were there to pat you on the back, keep you going. Those people that showed you by their example, hey, here's how you live the Christian life. And they maybe never stood up behind the pulpit. They maybe never got up and played a piano special or sang a solo. But those people influenced your life to bring you to where you are today. I know there are some Barnabases in my life. And I thank the Lord for them. We'll talk about that in a minute. First thing I'm going to ask you to do is make a list. The second thing I'm going to ask you to do at the end of the service is I'm going to ask you to reach out to some of those people, whether it be a note, whether it be a phone call, whether it be a text message or an email, or maybe you can get on Messenger and send them a message. But did you know those people, they need to know, and they need to hear from us, that we would not be where we are if it were not for their faithfulness and their influence. And then the third thing I'm going to ask you to do tonight at the end of the service is I'm going to ask you to pray and ask God to help you to be a Barnabas for somebody else. We live in a self-absorbed world, do we not? We live in a world where everything is about do whatever you have to do to make your life better. Do whatever you have to do to make yourself feel good, to help you to succeed. And, and, and we have forgotten that the Christian life is not about making our life better but the christian life is about serving to make somebody else's life better the christian life is not like we try to uh, to prop ourselves up but we try to help to lift up others lift up those who need encouragement jesus christ came the bible says not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life for a ransom Lord, I pray you'd help us as we look at this man, Barnabas. May we be encouraged. May we be challenged. And may we realize tonight that being a Barnabas does not take a certain education. It doesn't take certification. It doesn't take a talent. It doesn't take a certain ability. It doesn't take a certain amount of money. But being a Barnabas is something that every one of us can do. Help us to be that. And I pray that we would encourage some people and help some people and make a difference in some people's lives. Many times, it's probably going to be behind the scenes. We won't get the recognition. We won't get the applause down here. But Lord, I believe when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I believe we will receive and we will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Help us to live for that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Notice with me, uh, Acts 4, verse 36, and Joseph, 
We said uh, on a week, a week and a half ago, Joseph, that name means exalted. But they didn't call him Joseph. He was surnamed or he was nicknamed by the apostles. The preachers, when they saw Barnabas, they said, that guy's an encouragement. That guy is a blessing. Now, when I say we want you to be a blessing, there's two ways you can take it. There are some people that are a blessing wherever they go. And there are some people that are a blessing whenever they go. We want you to be a blessing wherever you go, right? That's the idea. But Barnabas was a blessing wherever he went. He was an encouragement. The word consolation there in verse number 36, that word literally means encouragement. The Bible says in Acts 11, we'll turn there in a minute, but that he exhorted. The word exhort, it means to encourage or to strengthen. That was his ministry. Now, we've got too many people, and I think it's our society, but we've got too many people that they're in the criticism ministry. And can I tell you, uh, the criticism ministry, it's all, it's all full. It's filled up. We don't have room for any more of those. But the encouragement ministry is a ministry where we've got a lot of gaps. We've got a lot of needs. There's a lot of people that need encouragement. I promise you at work tomorrow, there's a lot of people that need encouragement. I promise you on Sunday when you come back to church and you sit down in that pew, I promise you there's people that need encouragement. I promise you there's people in our directory that if you'll pick up the phone this week and make a phone call or send a message or write a note or make a visit, I promise you there are people that need encouragement. You say, Pastor, I'm so glad you're preaching on this because I need encouragement. I just wish somebody would come and encourage me. Well, they might, but I can't promise you they will. But I can tell you this, you can take the initiative and you can go and you can arise to the occasion and you can respond and you can be an encouragement to somebody else. And when you are an encouragement to somebody else, guess what happens? It's amazing how it works. You are encouraged yourself. I promise you. And if you've never experienced it, I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds like that's not possible, but that's how it works. I go to the hospitals, I go to visit the shut-ins, I go to visit people that I'm like, boy, these folks, I know they're struggling. And I go to encourage them, and guess what? I leave encouraged. That's how it works. It's contagious. You go and encourage somebody else, and you're going to get a dose yourself. We need encouragement. I want you to notice, as we look at Barnabas, number one, he was encouraging. Number two, I see in this passage, he was giving. Uh, by the way, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, when I got back from uh, Nebraska and I got in the office, I went in the office uh, Monday night, my mom and I got back and I went in the office and took care of some things and there was a piece of paper waiting on, my de uh, waiting on the floor under my door. And uh, I looked at that piece of paper, I think it was Monday night, but I looked at that piece of paper and you know what, I got real encouraged. You know why? It was an offering report. And guess what happened Sunday? God's people came and God's people gave. And can I tell you, you encourage one another and you encourage your pastor and you encourage uh, the staff that we have and you encourage the people of this church when you give. Can I tell you, when you give, you find that you receive a blessing. Because when you give, when I give, God tells us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Barnabas was giving. Number three, turn with me to Acts 11. 
And I will not tell you how many points I have because we won't get through them. And if I told you, I would scare you to death. Acts 11, verse number 22. The Bible says, Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. You know, Barnabas, he was behind the scenes. He was an encourager. He was a giver. But you know what I see, number three? Barnabas was willing to go. You say, well, pastor, do you want us to go somewhere? No, I really don't. But if God calls you to a mission field, I hope you'd say yes. But God may not call, be calling you to a mission field in another country. He may be calling you to a bus route in town. He may not be calling you uh, to a city uh, on the other side of the country, but he may be calling you to a room down this hallway called a nursery. God may be calling you to go to that fellowship hall on Friday and say, I could help serve a meal. God may be calling you to go home tonight or tomorrow and cook up a dessert and say, I could do this uh, for Brother, no, not for Brother Dan, That's, uh, the desserts usually go to Brother Dan, but I could do a dessert for Friday for the funeral luncheon. Can I tell you this? We ought to be willing to do whatever God wants us to do and step out of our comfort zone. Barnabas said, you need me in Antioch? Sign me up. I'll go wherever God wants me to go. I'll go wherever the need is. But he was willing to go. Notice Acts 11, verse number 23. Who, when he came and had seen the grace of God. You know what's amazing? When you and I obey God, when we go and follow the call of God, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see God's grace at work. And I believe some people never see the grace of God at work because they never go where God wants them to go. They never serve. They never get busy. They never do anything beyond their comfort zone. But Barnabas, he saw with his own eyes, he saw the grace of God at work. I want to tell you, it's a wonderful thing when you see the grace of God at work. It's a wonderful thing when you see people saved. You see lives changed and you see people get right with God and you see uh, families that are strengthened and you see uh, young people whose lives are changed and the direction is set for them to live for God. It's a wonderful thing to see and Barnabas saw the grace of God. Notice verse 23, he was glad. You know, Barnabas was a happy camper. We must be happy in the service of the Lord. Can I tell you, we've got too many Christians that are they're, they're self-proclaimed martyrs. Oh, my life is so hard. Oh, it's so hard being a Christian. I got news for you. I wouldn't want it any other way. It's wonderful to be a Christian. It's the greatest life in all the world. But Barnabas was glad when he saw the grace of God and he exhorted them all. There's that word again. He was exhorting them. He was encouraging them that with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. Now, I love this. Barnabas was not encouraging the people and telling them that they needed to stick close to him. He didn't say, now you stick close to me and you'll be all right. He didn't say, hey, I tell you what, you stick close to Paul and he's going to take good care of you. No, he didn't say that. He said, you better stick close to the Lord. I told the young people in, in chapel this morning at VCA, I said, you're not trying to do something for pastor. You're not trying to do something for brother Dan. You're trying to do something for the Lord. 
Because there's going to come a time when pastor's not going to be there. Or brother Dan's not going to be there. Or youth pastor's not going to be there. And what you do has got to be for the Lord. Because he's the only one that's going to get you through. In my life, there have been several times where I've been moved out of a situation, my comfort zone, so to speak. And I got to a point where I thought, you know what? I'm sure glad I'm trusting in the Lord because he's the only one I've got right now. Can I tell you, he'll get you through, but you got to cleave to the Lord. You got to stay close to the Lord. And Barnabas exhorted them. I hope we exhort people and encourage people to stay close to the Lord. Uh, in, in our Sunday school classes, in our ministries, on our bus routes, in our junior churches, and in the Christian school, I hope we're pointing people to Jesus. Uh, we're po pointing people away from us, and we're pointing them to Jesus because he's the only one that's going to get them through. Number seven. I see in this passage, the Bible says about Barnabas, verse 24, for he was a good man. What a testimony. I hope we would have that testimony. I hope people would, would hear your name or see you uh, uh, down, the, down the aisle at the, at the grocery store. And I hope they would see you or see me and say, hey, there's a good person. There's a good man. There's a good lady. And I know there's none righteous. I understand all that. But I hope we would have a testimony that people would say, there's somebody that loves God. There's somebody that's trying to do what's right. Barnabas was a good man. It says next, he was full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, we need some Christians that will be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. You say, well, maybe when I'm going to preach, I'll get, no, no, no. You need the filling of the Holy Ghost every day. You need the filling of the Holy Ghost to be a father, to be a mother, to be a husband, to be a wife, to be a, uh, to be a worker, to be an employer, to be an employee. You need the filling of the Holy Spirit to be a church member. We need the filling of the Holy Spirit. And he was full of the Holy Ghost and he was full of faith. That's number eight. If you're taking notes, I'm just giving you all these just quickly. Uh, number nine, full of faith. You know, it's so easy. It's so easy to live based upon what we have figured out. And by the way, I'm not saying you should be crazy. Please don't go out tomorrow, put your house up for sale, put your car up for sale, you know, have a garage sale and sell everything you own and then say, now what? Please don't do that, okay? I'm not, I'm not telling you to be foolish. But I'm telling you this, we need some folks that'll live by faith. We need some folks that'll just say, you know, whatever God wants me to do, I'll do it. Wherever he sends, wherever he leads, whatever he tells me, that's what I want for my life. He was full of faith, faith in God. Notice next, verse number 24, he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. He saw many people, not just one, not just two, but he saw many people added to the Lord. I love it here. Again, it doesn't say they were added to Paul's group or added to Barnabas's group or it doesn't even say they were added to the church. In this one, it just says they were added to the Lord. And may we add people to the Lord. May we point people to Jesus. Verse number um, 25, then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. Oh, hang on just a minute. You, you know what's coming here, right? Saul of Tarsus. Saul, who would later be known as the Apostle Paul. Guess who was the guy that went looking for Saul because nobody wanted anything to do with him? They were scared of him. 
Why, why were they scared of Saul? What was he doing? He was persecuting the Christians. He was killing Christians, and he got gloriously saved one day in Acts 9. He saw that bright light shining from heaven, and uh, he heard the voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he replied and said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He got saved. But the problem is, nobody believed it was real. They thought, oh, no, this is just a trick. This is a scam. He's trying to get in the church, and then he's going to start killing us. He's going to start hauling us off to jail. And nobody, nobody wanted to take a chance on Saul, except for Barnabas. Now, again, please hear me. I'm not asking anybody to be foolish. I'm not asking you to start picking up hitchhikers. I'm not asking you when somebody calls and says they need $3,000 uh, wired to their you know, Swiss bank account. I'm not saying you do that. Oh, please don't. But you know what we need? We need some people that will see the best in people. And sometimes the longer we're saved, we forget what we used to be like. We forget that when we got saved, we didn't know the Bible. We didn't know how we were supposed to live. We didn't know how we were supposed to act. By the way, some of us, we know now, and we still don't do very well at it. But I'm thankful people don't give up on us. I'm thankful God gave us a chance. I'm thankful that God is merciful. I'm thankful that God is the God of second chances. And Barnabas went to Antioch. I went to Tarsus, and he went to get Saul, and he brought him to Antioch to the church and said, I'll vouch for this guy. This guy's been saved. He's been born again, and I think we should help him. I think we should give him a chance. Praise God for the compassion of Barnabas. I wonder where we would be today if there had not been somebody that cared about us when, by the way, when we had nothing to offer, when we had been maybe newly saved or we had just come back to God, we'd been backslidden, but yet somebody said, you know what? That could have been me. Or that could have been my son. That could have been my daughter, or that could have been my friend, or that could have been somebody that I would have wanted somebody to, to, to show some love and to care for them. And that's exactly what Barnabas did. He went looking for Saul, number 11, number 12. He brought Saul to Antioch, verse number 13. The Bible says in verse number uh, 26, came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church. For a whole year they assembled with that church and they taught much people. Now, I do not, I do not have to explain this to anyone who is a teacher. Teachers, would you raise your hand if you've been a teacher in a school, if you've been a teacher in a church, if you've been a teacher in your work, would you raise your hand if you've been a teacher? Okay, all right. So you teachers, I'm not explaining this to you. You already know this. But the rest of us, teaching can drive you up a wall and back down the other side. Because you teach, and you think you've explained it, and people stare at you like they have no earthly idea what you just said. And so you teach it again, right? And they still stare at you, just dumbfounded. Or sometimes you teach it, and they, oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. And they don't got it. And teaching takes patience. And teaching requires some compassion. I mean, like you actually have to care about these, these students 
or else you'd have given up a long time ago. Barnabas, he said, I'm not just going to teach a few. I'm going to teach a whole bunch of people because there's a whole bunch of people that need to know the Bible. There's a whole bunch of people that need to know the Lord. And he taught much people, the Bible says. Notice Acts 11 and verse number 30. They were sending money. They were sending relief to the brethren in Judea, which also they did, verse 30, and they sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Did you know that Barnabas was a man who was trustworthy? Now, I understand you need to know somebody well and all that to trust them. I'm not, again, I'm not saying to be foolish. But did you know when you give your word on something, it ought to be as good as done? People ought to be able to trust you. You ought to tell the truth. You ought, you ought to not only tell the truth, you ought to go so far above and beyond to make sure that nothing that you are saying is misleading or deceptive. People ought to be able to trust you with what you say. People ought to be able to trust you if they handed you their wallet with filled with cash, filled with credit cards. They ought to be able to trust you and not have to worry about it. Again, I'm not saying you should do that. As a matter of fact, I'm also not suggesting that you bring your uh, valuables to church and just leave them everywhere. Oh, here's my cell phone. I'll just, no, no, no. I, I think you need to be careful. I think you need to be wise. But you and I, we ought to be the kind of people that somebody could say, I trust that person. That person is honest. That person is trustworthy. I could, I could put my life savings in their hand and I know that it'd be okay. Well, that's not the society we live in today, is it? It's almost like some people, you can't trust them as far as you can throw them. But Barnabas was trustworthy. Turn with me to Acts 12. We've got to wrap it up, and we will here in just a moment. Acts 12, verse 25. Verse 24, the word of God grew and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had, what's that next word? Are you there yet? Fulfilled their ministry. And they took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Number 15, I see about Barnabas, and these are all just qualities, characteristics of Barnabas, that he fulfilled his ministry. He completed it. He accomplished it. He did his job, and he finished it. He didn't leave it undone. I thank the Lord for some folks we have at Victory Baptist Church when, when they have an assignment, when they have a job, when they have an area. I don't have to worry about it. They just get it done. Can I tell you, God is looking for servants who will finish their course. They will finish the work that God has called them to do. Barnabas was like that. And then it says this, he took with them John, whose surname was Mark. This was a man who we'll see later on. He's, he, he was with Paul and Barnabas for a while. He quit, and then he came back. We'll talk about that next week. But did you know that this John Mark that Barnabas took with them, this is the man that God used to give us the gospel of Mark. Now, again, Barnabas never wrote a book of the Bible. He never, he never pastored a church. But Barnabas influenced the Apostle Paul, who gave us much of the New Testament. 
Barnabas encouraged John Mark, who gave us the gospel of Mark. Can I tell you, I don't think we would have the early church like we have it were it not for a man behind the scenes like Barnabas that was faithful. And I want to encourage you and I want to encourage myself and challenge myself tonight. We need some more Barnabases. Sometimes we want to be in the spotlight and we want to be the one that gets the applause and we want the title and we want the recognition and, and we want everybody to pat us on the back. Well, first of all, I want to tell you, the people, the people that are quick to pat you on the back are sometimes quick to turn that into a knife and start stabbing you in the back, okay? So that's not always the best place to be in. But it is a good place to be where you're a Barnabas and where I'm a Barnabas. And we just say, I'm just going to encourage people. I'm just going to help people. I'm going to do all I can to make a difference in people's lives. Barnabas made a difference in so many lives. Now, here's the invitation. I'm going to close with this. I want you in your mind or on paper or maybe on your phone, I want you to jot down a few names or think of a few names. Who are some Barnabases that have been instrumental in your life? I want you to make a point tonight, tomorrow, these next few days, would you write them a note? Would you give them a, a text message or a phone call or an email? Would you contact them somehow and just say, thank you? You say, I don't know what to say. I just told you. Two words, thank you. you say, well, what if they don't know what that's all about? It's okay. Just say, thank you. And then would you ask the Lord tonight to help you and help me to be a Barnabas? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.